Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode nine of the Running Rams podcast. As always, I'm Gavin Bishow. And I'm Colin Struckman. And today we're going over Rody's next two games, which include St. Bonaventure and St. Joseph's. We're also going over some scores across the A-10 and across the country and giving our picks for some big games coming up this week. We got a lot to get into, so let's get into it. Karan Iverson clears it. Iverson gets away from the defense, dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He dunks it home as the buzzer sound. And Rody, the 8-10 champs. With four, Oda, 30 feet away, jumper in the air, he's got it! Lamarado has won it for Rhode Island! Seconds left to the corner, shot for three by Stan. Terrell down to eight seconds, gotta go right, in traffic, off balance shot. Thank you! Jared Terrell! And for the first time since 2009, it's Rhode Island over Providence with the Ocean State First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to Rody Sports on IG. That's Rody.sports, all lowercase Rody.sports. They have the great, great edits, great graphics, and up-to-date news for your URI Rams basketball team. And also, don't be don't be afraid to give our social medias a follow on Instagram and on Twitter. That's the running that's running Rams Pod on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's running.rams.pod. Colin runs the Instagram side of things, and I run the Twitter side. But two great accounts if you want to follow some more uh, in, info and, and our insight on URI Rams basketball and, and A-10 basketball, college basketball basically in general. Colin, the Rams, having a game for the first time in 12 days, had a bit of a break. They take on St. Bonaventure this Wednesday on December 30th. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like after a little break. I know that it definitely can help. I, I think, you know, they were in a little bit of a rut there. Hopefully a break kind of resets this team. They can kind of figure some things out. But St. Bonaventure, they've had a long break. They haven't played a lot of games this year. They've only played two games. So maybe they're, you know, not as ready. You know, URI's played eight games. Uh, but hopefully, you know, URI can jump right out of the gate and and get something going early because because these slow starts are are really starting to plague this team. Yeah, you look at a team such as St. Bonaventure, only played a few games against Hofstra and Akron, and they did win both of them, but this team is very, very talented. They start forward Oshun Osuni. He's averaging 19.5 points and 10 rebounds. He's a 6'10 forward who's going to cause havoc in this one, and basically any game he's in, he causes havoc, but especially this one against the Rams. Also, they're led by... Star guard Kyle Lofton, he's averaging 16.5 points and seven assists of his own. So a great point guard there in Kyle Lofton. Yeah, that, that sets up a great duo for the Bonnies and Kyle Lofton and Oshan Ozuni. Yeah, they definitely headline this team. And just looking at this team as a whole, they've got a lot of experience. This is a team that they're starting five. It's all juniors. You know, they've got Osuni, like you said before, Holmes, Welch, Lofton, Attaway. So they are certainly used to playing in big games. They went to that A-10 championship in 2019 after an unexpected run. Their one went away from the tournament, lost to St. Louis in that final. But they were really close to making it that year in a team that really leapfrogged in March. But 
This is a team that has Osuni, who's just deadly down low. I think not having Makai Mitchell is probably going to really hurt in this game. But you still have Antoine Walker, who I think is going to need to have a huge game in order for the Rams to win this game. But, you know, if he has a career performance, he grabs a bunch of rebounds, has a couple blocks, and he needs to be the star of this game. But he's going to – and, you know, he's really going to need to find a way to stop Osuni because, like you said, he can wreak havoc down low. And if you don't stop him, it's going to be really hard to win this game. Another guy to look out for on the Bonnies, you mentioned him earlier, Dominic Welch. He's averaging 16.5 points and 6.5 rebounds. Doesn't get the credit as Lawton and Osuni, but still another guy to look out for. Looking at these team stats overall for the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, you, you see some things that are good or a lot of things that are good, but there's one thing that's really bad. And you look at the field goal percentage, same as Rody, both shooting 45.5% from the field. Their free throw percentage, the Bonnie's 73.2%, respectable. And they only turn the ball over 10.5 times a game. So, Gavin, what's the crutch? Three-point shooting. And I know it's only been two games. They've only been able to, to get a percentage of 26.7. That is very low, and it's below average. Yeah, but I, that could be a little dangerous at the same time because – Rody obviously struggles from three as well. So if you're trading three pointers, you're probably not going to score a lot of points, but obviously, yeah, you you let him try and see what happens. And then, you know, they probably go to Osuni a lot and he dominates down low, but you you have to stop Lofton. I mean, this is a guy who's going to score at will. He's an elite guard. He, you know, he, he's an A-10 player of the year candidate. In my mind, he has a chance to win it. Maybe he's definitely up there, but He's going to be all over the floor, and he, you know, he can be an effective three-point shooter at times. But this team as a whole not very good from three. So hopefully, you take advantage of that in this game. Yeah, this Bonaventure team is very, very dynamic with their offensive play as well as in defense. Play very well on that side of uh, that side of the ball. And you will have to play a complete game on both ends to win this one. And going in to my keys for a Rhode Island victory on defense. Focus on everything inside the three-point line, as I mentioned. The, the Bonnies only shoot 26.7% from three, so let them prove they can make the shot before you start guarding the three-point ball. It's going to help down low at first with Osuni, and they can't seem to hit that three-point ball. The emphasis will be on Osuni, so if you can lock him down, it'll help Rody in this game. you got to limit easy looks down low again for Oshan Osuni and Kyle Lofton. He's a very quick guard who can get to the basket very easily, so you got to make sure he does not get easy looks down low because he will convert on those. Uri has the guard play, right? They have, they have the, the talent of the guard play to play with this the St. Bonaventure team, but they need to show up. That has to take a leadership role in this one, and Jeremy Shepard and Jalen Carey need to step up as well and hit their shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Carey and Shepard, they didn't show up against Davidson. They're going to have to show up now, and I agree. You have to limit Osuni his ability to just be that jack-of-all-trades for this team. He can be a factor on the defensive end. He can be such a factor on the offensive end, his ability to grab every rebound and block a a ton of shots. So if you find a way to contain him, I think you have a chance to win this game, and it really comes down to Antoine Walker. It comes down to Mikel Mitchell. They're going to need to show up. They're going to need to have some big games, some career performances if they want to shut down Osuni and help win this game for the Rams. It also comes down to containing Lofton as much as you can. I mean, he's going to need to be locked up at all times. He's an elite guard in this conference. He can easily generate scoring opportunities for not only himself, but his other teammates as well. So he's a guy that distributes the ball well, and he can take it to the rack for himself. So if you find a way 
to limit his chances down the stretch, you can win this game. And it really comes down to Fats. I mean, Fats has not had a great year thus far. He's had a couple of good games, you know, a couple of decent performances, but we haven't seen what we've seen in years past from him. We haven't seen that big game like he had last year against VCU where he scored 30 points. He's not got to score 30 points in this game, but he's got to score maybe 15, 16. He's going to need to do other things besides put the ball in the basket in order for the Rams to win this game. We know he can generate steals. We need to see that here because St. Louis or St. Bonaventure is a team that can capitalize. If you turn it over, if you, you know, can't score for a while, Fats Russell needs to snap out of it and help this team generate more looks offensively. Speaking about that offense, URI needs to start setting up the offense much better. And that's where I think Fats comes in that leadership role. I think he's a take command and set up this offense by himself, well, not by himself, but as the leader, better instead of, in, of forcing early shots in the shot clock. Now, I, I mean, I'm not saying they should do this, but I wouldn't be upset if they implemented like a, if David Cox implemented like a Hoosiers four pass rule, they had to pass the ball four times before shooting the ball. Because honestly, this team is shooting up a lot of shots early in the shot clock, off one dribble, off one pass. They're not looking looking around for anything much. They're not really having any setup offense. They're just passing the ball around and shooting it with like with no regard to the rest of the offense and how it's supposed to be set up. So I'm not saying they should do a four pass rule, but I, I bet it would help them. I think they have to be more pat and they're very aggressive on offense and, and it works when you're making the shots and, it, and it's hard to stop when you're hitting your shots. But this team has proved that they're not going to hit every single shot. So they got to slow down and take the right shot. Again, as you mentioned, Antoine needs to set up his dominance down low as an athletic forward. We have seen him rebound very well this year, but as of recently, his offensive production has slowed down. He needs to bring that spark back and make his shots down low. Another guy, DJ Johnson, he needs to be able to come off the bench and contribute on the offensive side. The more players that show up on the offense, the better it is for Rhodey. Again, I'm not looking for some certain player. I'm not looking for fast half 30. I'm not looking for Jeremy Shepard to hit three, to hit like six threes. I'm looking for a overall team effort and contributions from everyone on the offensive side. If if the Rams can get multiple multiple scores and double digits, where we're facilitating really really well and, and scoring well and getting to the basket and kicking out well, it, it's just going to make it much easier on the offensive end and it will bind that St. Bonaventure defense. You're going to need everyone in this game. The St. Bonaventure team is deep. Their starting five is experienced. They have a great bench to boot. So this team clearly has what it takes to be one of those premier contenders in the A-10. And I think this game, as we talked about at length, it comes down to Osuni. I think Osuni is probably the best player on this team. I think Lofton's really good. But I think that the guy that has the biggest impact on this team is probably Osuni. So I hate to say this, but if he goes off in this game, URI is going to lose by double digits. I, I think they will are. I think he's that big of a player. I think he's that great of a presence for this team. So you really need to find a way to clamp him down in those stretches where you can't score, but you need to defend well in order to keep this keep that lead to a minimum. So, I mean, it comes down to finding a way to stop him from just dominating because he is the going to be the best player on the floor, but you need to take away his strengths in order to win this game. And, you know, Fats obviously has to be great, like we talked about. But looking at the big picture here, I mean, this is a must-win game. This is a must-win game for URI. They can't fall to 0-2 in conference play when the A-10 is so great this year. There's so there's a plethora of dominant teams in the conference. 
when you have Richmond, St. Louis, St. Bonaventure, I mean, Duquesne, I mean, there's so many good teams in this conference. You can't be lacking behind and having to find a way to climb back up and be in the mix when you start 0-2. That's no great way to start. So if you fall in that hole, it's going to be really hard to dig yourself out of. And also, if you somehow lose this game, you could be three and six on the season. And I know they've, they've had a very difficult schedule. I mean, playing Arizona State, Wisconsin, Western Kentucky, I mean, those are some really good teams. But at the same time, you can't say, hey, we just played this team close. You, you got to start seeing results. You got to start winning games. If you fall to three and six, it's going to be really hard to find a way to build that record back up to something respectable. But three and six is nothing to be happy about, even if it's, you know, we, I, we played this team close. It doesn't matter this year. It really doesn't. You've had time to figure things out and try to gel as a team. And that's not difficult by any measure. But time is running out, so you got to start figuring some things out, and you got to start seeing the results right now. Exactly, a loss would be not detrimental, but it would further push this team down in the depths where it doesn't need to be. And I just believe a win here for the Rams has multiple values to it, not just the fact that it, it would show tremendous growth over a, a much-needed break after losing back uh, three straight games, Wisconsin, West Kentucky, Davidson, not will just show that growth over that break to get a win over a great team like St. Bonaventure. URI only gets one crack at the Bonnies. So again, this is a huge game, not just for wins and losses and getting back on track, but to hold, it's it's always good to hold tiebreakers over a team like St. Bonaventure, which is going to be in consideration for for top of the conference, right? They're going to be a top four team in the conference to hold a tiebreaker over a a team like St. Bonaventure will be so clutch for a Rams team that is desperate to get wins. And who knows if they're tied in conference record, that tiebreaker is going to help them a lot when it comes to a 10 conference champion uh, tournament time. Yeah. I I mean, this is, this is a huge game. This game that you have to win. You have to find a way to finish late in the game where that's something that's plagued them so many times this year where, you know, it gets under, you know, three or four minutes and then they just go ice cold. They can't do anything. They just kind of forget what it's like to play in a close game and they lose. So you're going to be in a close game. I hope I think this game goes down to the wire. I think it's going to be a close game, but you need that big possession down the stretch. I mean, you need fats to show up. You need Jeremy Shepard to hit a couple big threes and you really have a chance to win this game. But this game has a lot of value in terms of a 10 standings. And I mean, if you lose this game, it's going to be really difficult to find a way to climb back up to the top. But I think if you or I puts it together, they get production from everyone. You get something from guys like Malik Martin, DJ Johnson, you have a chance to win this game. And before we move on, just the cliche 40 minutes of basketball, the Rams can play on both ends. Well enough. They can beat this St. Bonaventure team. They have the talent. They have the coaching. They got to bring it all together. I feel like we've just seen parts of this Rhode Island Rams team in every game, even the games they've won. We've seen just offense, just mainly defense, a team that can create turnovers, but not make anything. Like there's been certain things that have shown that have shined in each Rhode Island game, but Besides maybe the Seton Hall game, they've because there's lulls in that game too. They've yet to put a full game of basketball together. And if they can do that, I think they should take care of the St. Bonaventure team. So moving on, they play one more 8-10 game this upcoming week at home again on Sunday the 3rd. They take on St. Joe's. 
That game's at 4.30 on CBS Sports. You want to talk about a a battle-tested team, Colin? You talk about the St. Joe's Hawks. I mean, they're led by head coach Billy Lange. He's in his second season. He was the 76ers assistant coach before before his tenure here at St. Joseph's. But, I mean, this team has taken on Kansas, Tennessee, Auburn, and Villanova. They're 0-5 on the year, but this team – still cannot seem to get a win. And they look like a Wednesday night pillow fight team at this point in the season. I mean, they're competitive for three quarters of a game against KU, but KU didn't play well. I mean, they're the number three team in the nation. They didn't play well. It was an early game early in the year, not discrediting St. Joe's battle in that game. I'm going to say that KU did not play their best game, but again, Kansas pulled away and won by double digits. They lost to Auburn in overtime, sort of like Grody can't dwell on these close games that turn into nothing. And, and, and despite despite all that I just mentioned, their competitive game against Kansas, their loss in overtime to Auburn, I think that's the ceiling for this team. I mean, yes, they have a few good players, but this team is the epitome of inconsistency. They can beat Rody by – I mean, there's a chance they can beat Rody by 10, or you end up when the final buzzer ring, rings and they lose by 40. So I don't believe this team is – too good at all. I mean, if St. Joseph's played 40 minutes of basketball, sounds familiar. They're top half of the team, the A-10, but they've yet to put together a full effort. And so hopefully the Rams can continue that trend of just playing solid basketball or can start a trend of playing solid basketball and take on, uh, take on to defeat St. Joseph's. I mean, this should be a win. At the end of the day, this should be a win. I get St. Joseph's has had an extremely difficult schedule, probably the hardest out of any D1 team in the country, and they haven't really made many games close at all uh, besides Auburn. But, I mean, this is a team that's that's either red hot or ice cold. You never really know. There's no balance. There's no consistency. But for you or I, you just got to stick to your strengths. You got to, you know, get some points down low. You have to take smarter shots. You have to not stray away from what makes you a good basketball team because then St. Joseph's finds a way to, you know, crack away and take a lead and maybe make this an interesting game. You can't have this be an interesting game late in the second half. You got to pull away and you got to win by double digits. I really feel like you should win by at least double digits. This team is not very good, but at the end of the day, these games always get weird. These games always get weird or bizarre. You know, some some weird things happen, even when St. Joe's is dead last in the conference. This game is somehow close. Uh, but, you know, I think for Rody, just get the win. No matter what the score is, I don't care if it's close, it's a blow. Just get the win and move on and get ready for those really brutal games to start, you know, A-10 play. But, you know, this is a team that they're going to finish towards the bottom of the A-10. But on any given year, on any given you know game on a certain night, they can give you a run for your money. So do not discount this team. Yeah, and really, I don't know how to really assess this team as they could be a solid team. I mean, they've shown not flashes, but mere flashes, I would say. But they, but they just continue to play poorly, especially as of late. I mean, they lost a twenty to Villanova. I know this is Villanova. I know it's Tennessee. Lost a 20 to Villanova. They lost by 36 to Tennessee, so haven't been playing well. They do play VCU before they play Rhodey on Wednesday, so we, we will get a first look at them, but I see VCU demolishing them as VCU is a very good team this year. They've proved a lot of doubters, and they've come out to be a strong team. So, again, VCU plays St. Joe's. Maybe we'll get some sort of 
what what we're going to get on Sunday when URI plays them, but I don't really know how to assess this St. Joe's team that much. But what I do know is they do have a stud in Ryan Daly. He's basically been the bright spot of that team for the last four years. He's led major categories, points, rebounds, even assists. He's averaging 17.2 points, 6.2 rebounds in his, in these five games that they've played. He is averaging 17.4% from three, which is pretty pathetic. So the Rams need to focus on his strengths down low. They also have a guard. They list him as a guard, Taylor Funk. He's 6'8". He's averaging 15.2 points and 5.8 rebounds. But I, I, I list him as a guard slash forward because he can play anywhere from the two to the four, sometimes even the five. Also, another man to look out for is Jack Forrest. He's a 6'5 sophomore guard. He's averaging 10 points. And Damir Bishop, a transfer from Xavier, he's averaging 9.6 points. He actually was looking at URI to transfer to, but chose St. Joe's over the Rams. Looking at their team stats, I mean, they they shoot 28% from three, not, not too well. They turn the ball over a lot. They're a sloppy team on offense. So I feel like the Rams locked down Funk from three. I mean, even though he's 6'8", he still somehow shoots 40% from three beyond the arc. He didn't play much last year. He had an injury, but I feel as... They got locked down Taylor Funk from three. Always have their eye on Ryan, Ryan Daly as St. Joseph basically goes in and out of Ryan Daly. Without him, this team is just not competitive at all. <laughs> it, it comes down to shutting down Ryan Daly, I think, kind of like you said before. He's the heart and soul of this team. If he's not going, this team is going to lose by a lot. But if he's going, if he's able to drop 20 or 30, they might make it a competitive game, but this team is not very good. They're never usually very good. I can't remember the last time they were good. I feel like it's been decades or so, but at the same time, you can't let Ryan Daly take over. He's a guy that can carry this St. Joe's offense. He can easily drop 30 in almost any game, even if it's against the top team in the country or some team in the eight ten. but Ryan Daly is a tremendous player playing on one of the worst teams in the conference but that shouldn't shy away from how dominant he is of a player. Uh, but looking at the St. Joe's team, they, they're not much of anything, obviously, if he's not going. So this should be a big win if you can limit his scoring ability. And I feel like, as you mentioned before, he got to capitalize on those turnovers. This is a team that turns the ball over a lot. They make a lot of mistakes on offense. So if you can capitalize on that and head down to the other end and get some baskets, that can lead to a roadie win. I really feel like it's simple, but you got to get rebounds at both ends. I feel like it leads to points. Antoine Walker is going to have to you know, step up and hopefully get another big game. Hopefully it's a big game against St. Bonaventure and he can get another big game against St. Joe's. You're going to need him to get those rebounds. And I feel like you just can't depend on Fats to have a big game. I, I feel like you just need production from everyone we talked about before. You need Shepard and Carey. Those guys were nowhere to be found against Davidson. They've been pretty good this year, but they were inconsistent in that game. And then now you have Beatran coming in. You have DJ Johnson and Malik Martin, who've had some really good games as of late. You know, you've got Antoine Walker. You've got Mikel Mitchell, uh, Jermaine Harris, uh, question mark, you know, on him. But still, you have a lot of pieces on this team that can contribute. Let's start to see them and let's see Fats kind of not have to take over as much and be that facilitator that I think he fits a role much better than him just trying to drive and get a basket every single time because he's going to you know really turn it over a lot and he's not going to have that big game that you want because he's trying to do too much. You need some production from everyone. Coming out the gate for the Rams and putting this game away early should be the goal for Rhode Island, Colin. I mean, 
St. Joseph's can they, they can they've proved they can hang around with a lot of teams like Kansas and and Auburn. So they they prove they can hang around any team if you give them the opportunity. This means that the Rams do not turn the ball over and they hit their free throws and play consistent 40 minutes, they should win big, as you mentioned before. But again, if they start turning the ball over, playing sloppy basketball, missing their free throws, St. Joe's will be right next to them in that game, in a game which Rhode Island should win big time. They have much they have better coaching, better talent, better overall just scheme and everything. They should win this game. But again, like we've seen this year, that means nothing. The Rams got to do. We can't just say, say, say. The Rams got to do. Speaking of turnovers, though, Colin, St. Joseph's does turn the ball over on average 14.6 times a game. That is a boatload. The Rams must capitalize and turn defense into offense. Get And I believe they got to get smarter now with their transition buckets. I believe that too many times I've seen this Rams defense get a turnover they can go in transition and throw it away with a bad shot or turning the ball over themselves. The Rams need to attack the hoop on transition that I believe, but if there are no numbers and they don't have like the numbers that they're not an advantage uh, with players going on the break in transition, they got to relax and set up the offense. And too many times I've seen forced tough layups, forced bad shots in the, on the perimeter where they don't need to a turnover find itself. Transition bucket is great, but we can get the turnover come back and reset. I'm totally fine with that, right? Do I want the transition bucket? Yes. But if it leads to a forced layup that won't go in most of the times, just relax and pull the ball out and play offense like that. And on offense, the Rams should look down low as their main forward for St. Joe's Jordan Hall. He's only six, eight, a freshman in experience. He's six, eight. And I guess you can count Taylor Funk in there. Who's six, eight as well, but those are their biggest guards. And, the Rams have the height advantage in this one and need to use it. That means if Mikel, Jermaine, and Antoine, if they have a good game down low, it'll be very hard to stop this Rhodey offense. So that's going to do it for our preview of the St. Joe's and St. Bonaventure game. Now, going on to our A-10 games of last week, there's only one where Norfolk State upset George Mason in a pathetic game, 68-65. It was an absolute slot fest, not a good look for the Patriots heading into conference play. It, it was just, it could have been, it, it's marked up as one of the worst losses in A-10 history. I mean, Norfolk State, not a good team at all. And George Mason, they, they have some players. They did lose 68-65, so not good luck there for the Patriots. Hopefully they can turn around heading into conference play. That was the only game last week, so we're going to look at some upcoming games this week. We have a lot of games on Wednesday and on Saturday. I'm going to go over the key games uh, across the A-10 this week. On Wednesday, we have, of course, URI versus Bonaventure, a big game. See if URI can bounce back or if St. Bonaventure can assert their dominance in the A-10 conference this year. Duquesne going on the road at St. Louis. Duquesne only has played two games. Let's see what they can do going on the road against a very talented St. Louis team. Wednesday night, Richmond takes on Davidson at Davidson. That's the A-10 game of the week. We'll get into that later and give our picks. On Saturday, Davidson, a big week for Davidson. They take on Richmond at home. Then they go on the road on Saturday, take on VCU. St. Bonaventure, another big game. They go on the road, take on the Richmond Spiders. And UMass and Trey Mitchell go on the road to St. Louis to take on the Billikens. And on Sunday, of course, you have URI taking on St. Joe's at home. 
Now, Colin, I want to get into last week's picks uh, across the country. Yeah, I'll go into the games we picked last week on Friday. We had a couple games on Christmas Day to open up the slate. Number nine, Wisconsin defeated number 12, Michigan State. 85 to 76 Michigan State just could not buy a bucket late in that game and Rivers took over in a win for the Badgers you had Wisconsin in that so you get a win for that I took Michigan State I'll take the loss on that also on Christmas we had Minnesota taking down number four Iowa 102 to 95 in overtime very high scoring game and for the Golden Gophers the star of the show was Brandon Johnson he made all four three-point attempts in overtime and had 26 points and nine rebounds in a win for Minnesota. We both had Iowa in that game, so we'll both take a loss on that. Wanted to pick Minnesota, but switched at the last second. Should have, you know, not trusted the Hawkeyes. But, well, you know, hopefully we'll make up for that this week. But uh, on Saturday, we had number one Gonzaga taking down number 17 Virginia, 98-75, to 75, the Zags offense clearly the best in the country they continue to roll scoring 98 points on a very dominant Virginia defense we both had Gonzaga in that game so we'll both take a win there on Saturday as well number 18 Illinois taking down Indiana 69 to 60 it, it was the duo of Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn for the fighting Illini they led the way for them against the Hoosier against the Hoosiers DeSumo scoring 30 points and Coburn scoring 15 we both had Illinois there so we'll take both take a win and on Saturday Kentucky taking on Louisville and it was a win for Louisville they snuck out a last second win against Kentucky in this rivalry game Kentucky is now one in six for the first time since 1926 I had Louisville I'll take a dub there but you will take a loss with Kentucky so we'll both end up with a three and two record for last week's slate of games yeah, looking back at last week, I really thought Kentucky could beat Louisville. And they've shown, I mean, this Kentucky team, though they're one of six, they're probably the best one in six basketball team in NCAA history. I mean, they have talent. They've had a really hard non-conference schedule. John Cal Perry even said how, even after the Louisville game, said how stupid he was. Scheduling just a tough non-conference schedule. But, I mean, that comes to the price of being a Kentucky, being a team that plays good teams. You've got to win some of them. And they, they just have tons of close games that they can't just win. So it comes to winning close games for them. I do believe they can be in the NCAA tournament. Now, now I, last week I did say they could be second in the SEC. I don't think they can be. I mean, there's Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee. I don't believe they can be second in the conference. But I believe Kentucky can be an NCAA tournament team. And I will I will state that with pure confidence that they will be in the tournament in March. I just think they need something to turn around. I thought that Louisville win would do it. I mean, they had opportunity, five seconds left. They had a jump shot for the lead. The ball, I don't know how it didn't go in. It, it, it went in, rolled out, then hit the rim and bounced out. And they still almost uh, tied it up after a, th- uh, after a three-point attempt did not go in. I don't know. I, I, there's something, I, I don't know really what's not clicking for this team, but they have the talent, but they're just not winning the, those close games. Maybe they start playing, you know, lighter opponents in the SEC and get some confidence going into the conference play. But something's got to change for Kentucky if they want to win, if they will, which they will do. They'll make the NCAA tournament, but I don't know where it's going to start. It, I thought that that's a bold claim. Around. I mean, it's a bold six. claim, but I'm thinking with it. They're a good team. They just haven't won close games. I think they need a little bit of a rest going into the new year. 
right? And I think they can go in the NCAA tournament. They just they need a point to turn around. But I think John Calipari will get this team going in the right way. Also, side note there, uh, final score, 62-59 Louisville. Forgot to mention that before. Yep. Now, going to the games this week, we are adding a sixth game. The 8-10 game of the week will be the sixth game of our top, of our six picks now. Last week, we only had George Mason and Norfolk State. We didn't want to add that one into the slew of games, so we, did, we didn't. So, starting off at the 8-10 game of the week, we have Richmond on the road at Davidson. That game's Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Now, this is May seem like a surprise, Davidson, uh, Richmond rather. They're coming off a loss to Hofstra, which is pretty embarrassing. Really ruins their at not ruins the at large, but ruin their help by getting a, a ranked in the AP. Davidson will make this game very competitive, and being at home in this one with a great offensive team and a, and a great mind of Bob McKillop, I see the Wildcats upsetting the Spiders and taking them down on Wednesday night. I'll go with the Richmond. I feel like you have to bounce back after losing to Hofstra. And, I mean, Grant Golden is such a beast. Love watching that dude. He's, he's just such a presence down low. But I feel like for Richmond, you got to bounce back. I feel like you had everyone's attention after beating Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's not great this year, but you still went on the road and beat them. So there's that. So that's still making a statement for an A-10 team. Uh, but Richmond's still a really good team. I, I don't think they're going to win the conference at the end of the year. But they're going to make a run here, and I feel like this is a big game for them against Davidson. Should be two teams that compete for the 8-10 championship by Lake Richmond. I just I feel like you have to bounce back after that loss. I just feel like Davidson is a whole different team. I mean, they're good on the road, but at the Belk Arena, in their training station stadium at home, I feel like this is a very good team that doesn't really lose at home much. So that's why I take the, the Davidson Wildcats. I know I don't know what the situation is with the fans or anything, but I just know when they play on their home court, they seem to play much better, and they, they never flake on their home court. So I feel like this is going to be a good game. I feel like Davidson's just going to outpower Richmond. I know it's hard to say because Richmond is such a good team on, with, with all their uh, scores and the ability to score on the offense side so easily. But I just feel like Davidson will take down the Spiders. Moving on, Thursday night, the 31st, Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, Eve, number 21, Minnesota, takes on number six, Wisconsin, at 430 on the Big Ten Network. That's a big game for both teams. Big time Big Ten implications there. Colin, who do you got? I'll go with Wisconsin. They they burned me last week. So I, I think Wisconsin is a really, really good team. I think it's going to be them or Michigan State that comes out of the Big Ten this year. We've seen how dominant Wisconsin is uh, playing against URI. So I feel like this team, although Minnesota is very good, they just beat Iowa. They're riding high. I just feel like Wisconsin, they just have too much firepower. They have too much experience. They're playing at home. That's just one of those things. They're one of those teams when they're playing at home, they're just such a different team. I feel like that plays a factor. Even no fans being there, just being in the comfort of your own home means a lot for for Big Ten teams this year with how good that conference is. I'll take the Badgers in this one over the Golden Gophers. I'm with you there, Colin. Give me Wisconsin. I think it's going to be a close game. There's tons of talent on both sides, but I am really riding high on this Wisconsin basketball team, and it's going to keep running after they get the win on Thursday afternoon against Minnesota. Moving on to this Saturday on the 2nd of January, number eight, Texas, takes on number three, Kansas, at Allen Fieldhouse at 12 p.m. That game's on ESPN2. A Big 12 blockbuster, you could say. Colin, who's your pick? 
I'll go with Kansas. Kansas, they're on an eight-game win streak after dropping the first game of the season against Gonzaga. I feel like they get another huge resume win over Texas. And with Kansas, it's just like it's one of those things when when they're playing at home. It's kind of like when was with Wisconsin. When they're playing at home, they're just such a different team. It's so hard to go into the fog, Allen Fieldhouse, you know, and get a win. It's it's one of the most difficult environments in all college basketball. They do have some fans there, so there's a bit of an there's a bit of an advantage there uh, for the Jayhawks, but I feel like Kansas is just on another level out of the elite teams in the country right now. Texas is very good. They're going to be atop the Big 12 at the end of the year, but with Kansas, I feel like they just have too much depth. Jalen Wilson is very good. He's going to take over in this game and get a win for Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I feel Texas is a great team. I think they're a little overrated in my opinion, but great team, but what we've seen from Kansas over this past eight-game stretch, they've shown, despite their critics, that they're even though being the number three team in the nation, they have critics. But I feel like they are very good. I think they're even for the number three team in the nation, they're a little bit underrated, but they are very good. And this team shouts offense with tons and tons of debts. Give me the rock chalk Jay Hawk in this one. Moving on to the 2 p.m. game on ESPN2 after that Kansas game, number 10 Iowa goes on the road to play number 14, Rutgers. Rutgers coming off a loss, their first one of the year against Ohio State. Colin, what do you got? I'll go with Rutgers. Uh, you know, picking Iowa last week didn't work out well for the both of us. Iowa's in a bit of a rut right now. They've lost two of their last three games to Gonzaga and Minnesota. And, I mean, they're looking to bounce back in this one. But Rutgers is a really good team, and the Big Ten is so deep this year. Rutgers doesn't really get the attention that Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan State does because they're not, you know, one of those top teams right now. But they're going to be, I feel like, at some point this year. Iowa, I feel like every year they're bound to have that big slump where they just can't get things going. And this team is just a mystery to me. I mean, when you have Luca Garza, who's such a beast, and they just continue to huck up threes, you know, almost every game, it's just crazy to me. I I feel like Rutgers has a lot of balance. Playing at the rack is a bit of an advantage for them. I'll take the Scarlet Knights. I'm going to agree with you. They have major guard talent, the Scarlet Knights do. I mean, Ron Harper Jr., he's averaging 23.4 points, 7-point run rebounds. And, of course, can't forget forget about guard Jacob Young. I mean, Miles Johnson, their center, needs to step up versus Garja, but I believe he will. And talk about some of the... some of the best nicknames in college sports. You talk about the Scarlet Knights. I mean, that's a great name. That just shouts great sports team name. I'm a big fan of the Scarlet Knights name itself. I mean, it's descriptive. It it just, you don't see it much around. You see pretty simple names, but Scarlet Knights, you got to love the name. And, you know, Jim Valvano, Rutgers basketball, give me Rutgers in that one over Iowa, who's, again, struggling team who looking to bounce back, but I don't think they will. Going on to our Another game on Saturday at 4 p.m., number 24, Virginia Tech, goes on the road to take on a rival, number 23, UVA. Now, Con, I'm going to get out the chase and give you my pick. This Virginia Tech team, when it comes to shooting three ball, is in the middle of the pack in the country. Now, again, UVA's defense didn't show to be any help against Gonzaga, a great team shooting-wise from the field and from three-point line. But I believe Tony Bennett's famous pack line defense will give the Hokies all they can handle. I mean, if the Hokies want a chance, they have to shoot well from beyond the arc. And I do not see that happening in this one. 
I see Tony Bennett and the UVA Cavaliers taking a win in a low-scoring affair in the 60s at most. I'll go with Virginia Tech, and I, I just think Virginia, they just play so slow. They, they can never get going offensively. They play really good defensively, but offensively, they stink. I, they cannot score at all. So I like Virginia Tech. I think they're a sneaky team in the ACC. I love Mike Young as a coach. They you know, had a huge statement win so far this year against Villanova. They could get another one here against UVA. I really like Virginia Tech. They're, they're one of those teams I like that not a lot of attention is given to them, but I really like the way this team plays. I like the Hokies in this one. And going for our sixth and final game, the nightcap on Saturday night, number 20 Duke goes on the road to Tallahassee to take on number 18 Florida State Seminoles. That game's at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. Colin. Florida State's my team. They're my pick to win the ACC. I'm sticking with it the entire year. Love me some Florida State. This team is very well coached. Leonard Hamilton, one of my favorite coaches in the country. He's going to be ready to lead this team to win over Duke. I don't think Duke is very good at all this year. I think they might squeak into the tournament just because they're Duke. I don't think they're good at all. I think they stink. I I don't think they're as good as Florida State, Clemson, Virginia, Virginia Tech. I mean, there's so many good teams in the ACC this year, Miami, North Carolina as well. But Duke is just going to really struggle with Florida State's just lengthy guards. They have those lengthy guards every year that can score and defend so easily. Florida State just plays so well at home. They always seem to win at home. I, I really feel like Florida State could win this game by a lot. It could be close at the end of the day. I think Florida State might win this game by double digits. I think they'll blow them out. I really think they do. I don't. I think Duke stinks. Florida State will blow them out. I'm going to go with it. Now, my pick will come down just to simplicity here. Duke hasn't played the game in a while. They haven't played basketball in a while. Due to Coach K's, you know, Soft announcement saying how non-conference shouldn't be played. But listen, Duke hasn't played in a while. Florida State has. Bottom line, I like FSU as a team. I like Leonard Hamilton. I like how he plays basketball, how he coaches a basketball team. And I hate Duke. And I will never pick Duke when it comes to these picks. So FSU is going to win because I just, I hate Duke. So I agree with you there. FSU is going to win that one. Just the simplicity that. I don't like Duke. I don't think that they're a good team this year. And I think Coach K is soft for what he said about not playing non-conference games, even though he scheduled big ones of his own. That's going to do it for our episode this week. Colin, anything else? Well, one thing. So remember last time when we bashed BC and then that didn't end up very well. Yeah. Just just keep that in mind with the whole St. Joe's thing. So hopefully we Honestly, went, yeah, I get yeah. Just yeah. just just keep that in the back of your mind because we don't want that to come back and haunt us again. So I I'll, I'll just add that on here at the end. Cross our fingers. Yeah. And if Duke wins, good for them, but I just hate Duke and I won't pick them. Just let me know that I will never pick Duke in these picks. I just hate them especially after what Coach K said about not playing non-conference games. Probably would have been a different answer if they actually won some of them instead of losing their non-conference games. But again, that's just my thoughts on it. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Again, the Rams, two big games coming up as a 10 conference play commences for everyone in the conference. I mean, big game against St. Bonaventure, and hopefully they can take care of St. Joe's. As you mentioned before, we were wrong about BC. Hopefully we're 
really right against St. Joe's. And again, a great, another great week in college basketball. We've been blessed, it seems, as from the college basketball gods have great games every single week. So make sure to check those out as well. That's going to do it. Stay safe. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.